From the Tiger Cats Audio Network, this is Tiger Cats Game Day with Courtney Stephen and Mike Daly. Welcome to Tiger Cats Game Day presented by Tiffany Gate Fresh Gourmet on the Tiger Cats Audio Network for a November 4th playoff edition. This is the one we have been waiting for. 18 down. There are three to go. And Mike Daly, this is going to be the most exciting game of the year. You can feel it in the air. It's that crisp fall weather. The leaves are falling. And one by one, these CFL teams will be falling as well. The Ticats are in Montreal for a 3 p.m. early kickoff. And it's all on the line. How do you feel about this game? It's like a it's like a rejuvenation of energy, right? Because like near the end of the season, you're like, okay, let's get to the playoffs here. Let's get to the playoffs. So it's like a lull, a little bit of a lull, especially when there wasn't much to battle for that last week, right? But now all of a sudden, it's everything that happened before doesn't mean anything, right? That happened. That conversation is going on in the locker room. That conversation is going on in the coaches' room. Everything that happened before is is what it was, right? Helps you build to this point. You try to learn from those mistakes, but now this is this is what you play for, right? This is what you show up to the games for. This is what you pay attention to all season long to come out to see the Ticats play against in the playoffs, especially against Montreal, right? Like there's you know, this year hasn't gone the best for them against Montreal. They haven't been able to pull one out. But again, none of that matters. This is the game that matters, I think. The Ticats, and who cares about last week, right? Yeah, it was a close game, all that stuff. But Ticats are rolling, getting all the right people back. And, you know, everything's kind of falling into place. So I'm really excited for this one and excited to see how, how it'll play out. This is going to be an exciting game. And there's going to be stars on both sides of the ball. The CFL announcing their divisional all-stars this week. And the Ticats with three names, Brandon Revenberg, Tim White, and Casey Sales all getting East Division All-Star honors. So their talents will be on display this afternoon. And let's just talk about what year those guys had and how they're going to play into this game. Tim White leads the league in receiving yards in the 2023 season, despite the fact that he caught a, a significant amount of passes from three different quarterbacks. As a matter of fact, the quarterback who threw for the most yards on the Ticats started as a third-string quarterback that season. So how good is Tim White? Oh, he's, he's very good. There's probably, like, when you see these receivers, right, receivers usually have one or the other, right? They're either a top-end speed guy or they're in and out of their breaks, right? You hear the guys that are quick in and out of their breaks, you usually hear, oh, they're a good route runner. They know how to get open. They know how to get separation. And then there's a the blow the top off the guy where the sprinters, right, the track speed guys, where they're just run by people, but for them to slow down, it's a little tougher, right? You can kind of see when they're going to get in and out of their breaks. Tim White is both. Tim White has that breakaway speed where he's a track runner. If you're if you're sleeping, if you're not really looking at the right things, he's by you, right? He's by you, the quarterback. He'll be the first read for every single drop back because of how fast he is. But he also has that shiftiness in him where he can look like he's running vertical, running a deep route with that track speed, and all of a sudden, two, three steps, chop it down and run it out, right, or toward the sideline, or a little curl right back toward the quarterback. It's really hard to cover a guy like that because of those two attributes. And he catches the ball in traffic, right? That's the trifecta right there. So Tim White has had an awesome season. And, again, the season's a great point, but 
that he's got to show up this game for the Ticats to really have a good opportunity to win the game. Now, Casey Sales also picking up an East Division All-Star. He's part of that defensive line that is trending towards making offenses feel very, very uncomfortable in that pocket. Um, they all, as a group, racked up a couple of sacks in the last game against Montreal. But next to the likes of Ja'Garrett Davis and Malik Carney and Ted Laurent in that starting lineup, how does Casey Sales and the boys affect offenses? And, and what do you think Mark Washington is going to be dialing up for that defensive front in this game? Yeah, well, they're going to have to learn how to stop the run, right? Montreal, they, they rely on establishing that run. Uh, with William Stanback, with uh, Jeshuan Antry, like those two guys, they really try to get the ball to as much as they can. And Stanback is going to, you'll he'll see about 20 carries this game, right? They're really going to want to grind it out and rely on that Montreal defense and special team. So it's going to be up to this D-line to, number one, stop that run. And Casey Sales is one of the best at it. But then also... As soon as they do drop back to try to get a couple of their deep passes where you see Cody Fajaro, you know, go into that play action, fake like he's running the ball, and go over the top to Austin Mack, they got to be able to get home. This O-line will struggle with the Ticats D-line. They will be able to get home, but it's that mix of trying to stop the run and then thinking, oh, now i got to go get the quarterback. It's almost like that restart. So I... I imagine that Mark Washington is going to dial some things up to stop the run, but also so that people are running at the quarterback. So stopping the run on the way to the quarterback and not really having to slow down too much to try to read one or the other. But the the season Casey Sales has had has been awesome, right? Because he is that D tackle inside, that run stopper. But we've talked about it before. He can go out there and play end. So he's got the quickness of one of those pass rushers like a Jagaird Davis, Malik Carney, but he can do it now inside, right? Which gives you three nice pass rushers, even four if you add Dylan Wynn onto that mix. Um, so it's it's tough to deal with this Ticats D-line. And when the D-line gets pressure, that really creates opportunity for big plays in the back end. Now this back end is not the same as the one that we saw enter the season in week one. Three new faces since then, but a lot of these guys are starting to prove why they deserve a spot in this lineup. So starting from the field corner, you have the veteran Richard Leonard. Great to see him back. He was resting last week, trying to get back to full strength for this game. Then you have Lawson, Katzentonis, George Jr., and Sunderland. This is a group that I'm having more confidence in every week as I see them play together in a hostile environment like Montreal where communication can be difficult. Communication has to be the top priority for this back end. And Stavros Katzentonis, who finished tied second with Actually, a lot of guys tied for second with most interceptions in the league and only playing a partial season. He's got to be instrumental in that communication and getting these guys lined up. So as a safety to another safety, what advice would you have for this third safety, Stavros Kazantonis, and how he needs to have an impact on this game? Honestly, the, the advice that I would give if I was sitting right beside him right now would be, hey, just keep doing what you're doing. Because he has been all over the ball, even even last week when they were playing Montreal. You saw him force the fumble against Stanback, get involved in the run game, right? They tried to go over the top on a, like a, kind of like a skinnier post-type route right in front of, of uh, Cody Fajaro there, and, and he hammered the receiver, right? So he is becoming a problem, and teams are going to have to start game-planning against Stavros Kazantonis. But to continue on with this defensive backfield, what I, what's nice to see is that, you know, Kenneth George Jr., since that our nervousness of him moving into that boundary half, 
he's done nothing but proven everybody that he belongs there. He can play there, right? So that's really good to see. And then what I was really excited to see from last week that I, you know, we had talked about a little bit about the uh, cat and mouse game, trying to understand receivers and DBs getting the matchup together. Well, Will Sunderland kind of locked down Austin Mack on a couple of the chances that they went over the top. He was right in his hip pocket. I, he had one nice bat down right in front of uh, right in front of the Ty Cats bench there that got them off the field. So I'm sure he's just building confidence against you know an all star that is Austin Mack. But that was really nice to see. So that's going to be a fun one to watch because I think this game you know it's going to be so much focus on stopping the run and getting involved there that when those shots come, these guys are going to have to make their play. Yeah, and Austin Mack definitely deserves his flowers. The lone skill position on the offensive side for Montreal that did get the East Division All-Star along with Nick Collender, the left tackle, I mean the offensive tackle. Um, And then on the defensive side, Montreal has four guys who got East Division All-Star. Marc-Antoine Decroix, a guy whose name we've mentioned a few times. Mustafa Johnson on the D-line. Tyrese Beverett, and then Wesley Sutton as well. So there's playmakers on defense for both of these teams is going to be interesting to see if this ends up being a defensive battle. But what kind of problems does Austin Mack as that, you know, breakout receiver, what does he do as a threat? And how do you think the Ticats, you know, plan for him? Yeah, I think what you'll see in terms of the planning for him, right? I'd imagine what they'll do is they'll rotate coverage every now and then toward him, right? So whether that's a zone and you're kind of putting a low zone on on him so that they can jam him up, slow him down off the line, kind of mess up that timing between the quarterback and the receiver. Um, but I also think that there's going to be times where they're going to move him around. They'll move Austin Mack around to get him in different positions that fit the offense that Montreal is trying to run. So, you know, kind of try to get him the ball as many times in as many different places as possible, just so that the Ticats can't get set on where he's going to show up every single play. So I think they'll, what they'll do is they'll move him around a little bit, but there are definitely going to be times where this defense is going to have to go one-on-one with Austin Mack and have to win a couple reps, right? You can rotate coverage to him. You can double him, but you can't do it all game long, especially if Montreal is trying to establish that run game. At some point, somebody will have to step up and have to do a one-on-one matchup against Austin Mack. And like I said from last week, you know, there's a little bit of confidence in that back end from the Ticats because of what they were able to do against this receiving core. But again, that all has to happen again tonight. Well, Austin Mack finished uh, fifth in the CFL with 1,154 receiving yards, so he definitely knows how to get open and make big plays. But you talked about his chemistry with the quarterback. Now, Cody Fajardo, he's you know he's a veteran in this league, and he's been doing this for a long time. In the playoffs, it seems as though it's not necessarily the quarterbacks who put up the gaudy numbers, but it's the quarterbacks who take care of the rock. What do you think Cody Fajardo's thinking going into this game, and is it that he just has to manage the game and let his defense really do what they do best? Or does he have to go out there and have some kind of out-of-body performance for this team to have a chance to beat the Ticats? Because the Ticats are, are streaking right now. I know they lost last week, but that's kind of a wash. Nobody is really, at least nobody that I've talked to, has taken much concern with that loss given the situation. It was a kind of a nothing game. But the Ticats playing their star players – versus Montreal, I mean, 
you'd want to feel like you put it, you got to put out your best performance in the playoffs. Does Cody Fajardo have to have his best performance or is this a game that's going to be won by the defense? Well, I think when you look at the makeup of this Montreal team, they win games off their defense and special teams, right? They're what they are good at on offense is they are good at managing the ball. So I don't think code, you know, and, in his mindset and every single player's mindset, they're going to want to go out there and have the game of their life, right? That's just the way it goes. Everybody thinks that way. But the way this Montreal team is built is a no-mistake offense. Don't give the other team's offense any opportunity for a short field on a turnover, whether it's an interception or a fumble, right? Make them, make the Ticats have to go the long way from, you know, maybe their own 20 their own 30 yard and have to drive the entire field on Montreal's defense because Montreal's defense is doing really well so I think of the offensive game plan for Montreal is I don't think they're going to take a ton of risks not initially at least I think what they try to do and I said it before is they'll get Stan back involved they'll get the ball quick out to Austin Mack right it'll be these easy progression where the ball isn't in jeopardy so that if they have to they punt the ball away, give the Ticats a long field to have to drive on against a good Montreal defense, and then if they can't, then the then, then the Ticats have to punt it to Montreal special teams who have shown time and time again with different guys that they can take one to the house. So I think Montreal's game plan going into this is let's just let's protect the ball, let's let our defense special teams help us out, and when we can score and have an opportunity to, we will. Well, talking about protecting the ball and quarterbacks, the, it's funny because the quarterback for the Ticats who threw for the most yards this season was Taylor Powell. He is not on the depth chart today. <laughs> and then you have Bo Levi Mitchell who came in on this team. He was supposed to be the guy all year long. He got onto the six-game injured list twice this year, hasn't had a ton of reps, probably not as many reps as you'd want him to have with his guys at this point in the year. So last week, Matt Schiltz sits out, rests up, and now East semifinal in Montreal, a team where Matt Schiltz played a majority of his career, he's back and he is starting for the Ticats now. Bo Levi Mitchell at that second slot, Kai Loxley, third quarterback, short yardage quarterback. If you're Matt Schiltz right now, What's going through your mind? Are you are you as about as fired up as you could possibly be for this, or is it more of a thing where you know it's he's it's nothing is new to him at this point? Uh, it, I don't know if he is even really that excited or if he's more just focused. But going into Montreal, there's got to be some kind of emotion that's going through Matt Shields' head and his heart, frankly, um, before the kickoff of this game. Yeah, so it's always just like it's always this mental battle you have with yourself before a game, right? Where it's, yeah, you're confident. Matt, he's been there before. He's played tons of games of football, right? He knows what he's looking for. He knows his reads in the offense. He's been in it for a while now. So it, it's easy for him in that sense. I think there's a little bit of nervousness because it has been a little bit of ro a roller coaster for the Ticats, right? With the Offensive coordinator change with the quarterback changes, not being able to play a ton of games that Matthew Schultz probably wanted to play, right? It's been all over the place. But the games that Matthew Schultz has played have been really good, right? And we've said this. Maybe not necessarily on the stat line, but what he brings is a different aspect than a Bo Levi Mitchell in this situation, which is we've talked about this. For a defense, 
a quarterback being able to run the ball, whether it's a quarterback designed run where they have you know blocking set up for him specifically, or they drop they drop a pass play, he doesn't see what he likes and then he takes off and run. That's a really difficult thing for a defense to game plan for. And Matt Schultz has shown that he's effective throwing the ball and that he is effective running the ball. So now you have to game plan for both of these. It just helps this Ticats offense with a different dynamic that they're going to be able to have with Matthew Schiltz back there. Um, but in terms of the uh, the emotions, there's probably a little bit of uh, anxiety a little bit for Matt, but anxiety because he wants to do well, because he wants to go out there and prove to everybody, yeah, I'm going to win these playoff games. And yes, I am confident in my abilities. And I think a lot of Tiger Town is too. I think they're pretty excited to see Matthew Schiltz get out there. And Cord, I know you are as well because the stuff that he's been able to do this season has been pretty special. And I, I'm I'm excited to see him, and I'm also excited to see him along with James Butler because mm-hmm. those are two guys who didn't play last week. And I think it's one thing to plan to stop the run. Maybe you do some gap cancel, and you you know dial up a blitz every now and then, or you're running run stunts to kind of get to the point of attack with more people than the offense can block. But you do that, and then you take people out of coverage. And then you're giving a guy like Matt Shields clearer passing lanes, and we've already seen him pick apart zone defenses, man defenses. He creates challenges for people because if you sit back, he can also escape and create different launch points. He can even run that thing himself on the QB counter. They have the the RPO actions available to him. He brings a completely different menu to the party than any of these other quarterbacks on the team. So Matt Schiltz in the same backfield as uh, James Butler. And and that's that's a heck of a combo to have to deal with, let alone the people that are on the outsides, the, the Terry Godwin, the Tim White, and Quite frankly, Keandre Smith, because that's a guy who I've been very happy to see him progress this season. Um, Omar Bayless back in the lineup as well. Uh, last week, he'll be back in his starting position again. He's a little bit of a bigger guy. And I think over the years, the Ticats have skewed towards the smaller, uh, more nimble receivers. And a guy like Bayless gives him a little bit of a frame to target on those key second downs. And you know what? When you get down in that red zone, it doesn't matter how big you are as long as you come down with the ball. That's really what matters. So interesting to see what kind of strategy Scott Milanovic employs. He is a guy who's been here before. He is a he's a guy who's won at the highest levels. Um, and it's really going to be interesting to see what he's been keeping up his sleeve. That is for crunch time, because if you if you get into a game like this, nothing else in the past matters. It's literally like Matt Schultz said on Tiger Cats game day, two the hard way and then one at home, and then you, you've got exactly what you wanted, regardless of what the path looked like to get here. So before we head out of here, I, I know we were talking strategy before we hopped on here. Um, I think there's some cool things that the fans can look for in this game, and specifically on the Ticats defensive side. I know that Montreal, we talked about, they have to manage the ball. They have to take care of the ball. They have to play not to necessarily make mistakes, not necessarily to win and make big plays, but play to not make mistakes and their defense will kind of bring them to the promised land. But how can the Ticats defense confuse the Montreal offense or apply pressure to the Montreal offense so that it's not so easy for them to play mistake free? Yeah. So I think, you know, what they showed last week was a lot of like 
base coverage type stuff. So when you talk about base, it's like cover three, cover one, right? So cover one, that's like a man-to-man. The DB follows them around. Um, And then what they were showing was a bunch of exterior pressure. So when we say exterior, that means on the outside, like nothing up the gaps too much, right? So you're talking like your Sam linebacker blitzes, maybe a boundary half blitz, right? Simone coming around on the outside. So they showed a ton of that. A ton of that where the linebacker's on the inside or maybe a D lineman is dropping out. So it'll be very interesting to see if that was one of those things we were talking about with this cat and mouse game where we show so much outside pressure. And yes, that's still going to happen in this game. But now was that something to now set up more of interior pressure? So maybe Simonia and, and Jameer Thurman also adding to the D-line rush somewhere in the gaps beside the center, which is the A-gaps, all right, or beside the guard, which is the B-gaps. And now just trying to go interior to, number one, help stop the run. And number two, when you haven't game planned for it as much because there was so much exterior pressure, one of those will be able to hit home against Cody Fajardo. So it'll be interesting to see how they dial that up because on the flip side, Montreal did get home with a lot of this exterior pressure. I can guarantee the reason Tyrese Beverett is an all-star is because of how well he blitzes at the will position for Montreal. He is very hard to block one-on-one when he blitzes, especially on a running back. And James Butler is a great blocker. But after a while, it's one of those guys is going to win. And if Tyrese wins clean, then that's a problem for the Ticats offense. So what they showed too as well was a bunch of halfback blitzes, DB blitzes. So... I think the Ticats and good Scott Milanovic has shown up and been in these games and has experienced this before because last year, Tyrese Beverett wreaked havoc on the Hamilton Tiger Cats offense, right? He got a sack. He got a knockdown for a pick. He, he, was, he was all over the place on that defense. So for them not to blitz him this game is just not going to happen. Right, So simply put, expect Tyrese Beverett to be all over the backfield, blitzing left, right, and center, and it'll be interesting to see what the Ticats do to slow that down and then be able to you know, run their offense like regular scheduled programming. So I'm very interested to see this cat and mouse game, and I am extremely excited for this game because, core, I think Tiger Town feels the same thing that we are. Like you said, the Ticats are streaking. They're trending in the right direction. And that's all you need coming into the playoffs, man. Is all you need is that t- team to believe and to just keep going forward. And I think this is uh, this is a good stepping stone for for good things to come. Great stepping stone for this team and for this organization. And you said it best right there, Mike. So it's 3 p.m. Eastern at Percival Molson Stadium in Montreal. The playoffs are kicking off here with this East Division tilt. It will be the Alouettes versus the Tiger Cats. And if you're not in Quebec, if you can't make it, then you know what to do. You tune in to listen.ticats.ca where you can catch your Ticats feed of the game. It's RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker, of course, and the pregame. You've got Andy Fantuz and Bubba O'Neill who will get you all primed and ready. But thank you for spending your time with us today. This has been Tiger Cats Game Day presented by Tiffany Gate Fresh Gourmet on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. And so for Mike Daly, this is Courtney Steven. We hope you enjoy the game. And until next week, have a great game day.
It's game day and you're ready. So are we. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gameday at ticats.ca. Courtney, Stephen, and Mike Daly are here every game day with their insights into today's game. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.